Hey everyone, I'm Jay. I'm Sophia. And I'm Scott, and welcome to Witches Betwixt. Today, we are here to talk about doing no harm, and yet taking no shit. It's a common meme that you see in the in the witch community. I come across it all the time. It always makes me giggle, makes me chuckle, um, because it's true. And and I really I really do subscribe to it. Um, I've I've talked about this before in past episodes. I come from a very Wiccan background, so when I was 16, 17, even 18 years old, I was very much do no harm. And you know, even if someone is coming at you with every piece of foul equipment that they can possibly conjure up um it was you know don't you know just take it in stride and don't fight back and you know just be be peaceful and turn and, the other cheek yeah turn turn the other cheek and well i don't i don't knock anyone who continues to subscribe to that kind of mentality um just as i got older and i started to encounter more animosity uh just for all sorts of things i just say it didn't really fit for me anymore. And so now when I see uh, do no harm, take no shit, it, it really, it really, um, it really speaks to me personally because I, mm-hmm. I just, I feel that I feel that on a level. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar, if you're, if you're brand new to the, the witch world, um, do no harm comes from the uh, Wiccan read or the the law of three or however however you wish to say what it is but that's what it comes from and essentially um it's uh do no uh what is it and it harm none and it harm none do what you will or do what thou wilt or however uh they write it up um but that's essentially what it means so it's it's saying whatever you do as long as you don't harm anyone in the process anyone including yourself so do what you do but don't hurt anybody um and i'd like to kind of dig into that i'd really like to to dig into this concept of uh of do no harm what does that mean you know what does that mean um, in the context that we're talking about here. And I guess just to kind of, um, <clears throat> to, to lay it out a little bit here, um, all three of us on this particular podcast, um, no one here is by any means necessarily what I would call a pacifist. Am I, is that me, is that correct in me saying that to a point? Mm-hmm. I strive towards nonviolence, but right fuck with me and find out what i can do exactly. I, I still don't think that's pacifism i agree to that that's that's yeah. my take on it like i strive towards pacifism but i will defend myself mm-hmm. right and that's what we're really here to dig into today so um does anyone want to kind of take the floor for like their interpret their interpretation of what what does do no harm mean what does it mean oh man um, you can go ahead if you have a good one uh, well, I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's funny because I think there's a reason why I, uh, one of, well, a small reason why I, I, I had to diverge from that, that philosophy as far as the Wiccan read. Um, and it's just because I found it's kind of impossible to go through life harming no one. Um, you know, harm happens. Um, 
even when you don't think you're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Even when, you know, when you, your, your intention is not to harm, um, you, you can say something that someone disagrees with and suddenly they become very upset. It clearly harmed them. But you're like, wait, I was just stating, you know, I was just mm-hmm. saying, you know, they're like, no, but you said it this way. And the thing is, is that you can't invalidate that person's reaction. But the thing is, is that you can't control those situations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, harm is just a part of life. Um, and it's sad. It's, I know that sounds dark, but I'm not trying to be edgy or whatever. Um, I mean, like, I agree in a very similar level. Like, when with the concept, do no harm, it's a very... Um, it's abstract and it's idealistic and it's weird in application because we, by nature of human beings, do harm to exist. Everything mm-hmm. that you've ever eaten for food was once alive, be it animal or plant or what have you, right? We're not at the point where we synthesize our meat and grow everything harm-free and nothing ever dies. You exist because of harm and the universe is a place filled with it. It's a matter of not going out of your way, in my personal opinion, to cause undue strife or harm. You always have to do what you have to do to take care of yourself. Right. Um, but this concept of you you can't do any harm, like, for example, things you might think are harmless sometimes aren't. Let's say you do a housing spell to get this place that you really like. Um, you could edge out somebody who's really poor and desperately needs a win and didn't get the house and ends up on the street. Not to put that personally on you or anything, but... You don't see the other side of uh, what getting what you getting what you want can cause, right? And I think um, you have to take care of yourself, but also be mindful of the fact that we're always causing harm, and it's important to minimize it and not like just be a spiteful bitch. You know what I mean? Just because you can. I think that's how I would interpret that best. And I, and by the way, I also want to say I view this not just within occultism and the practice of magic yeah. in general. I carry this throughout all areas of my life. A hundred percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to chime in a little bit here. So I, I really agree with with both of you, and it. So really, when when I was back in, I guess, <clears throat> my Wiccan days in the beginning of everything. I really, really strove for pacifism, and and because of that, I think I think it it beat me down a bit because I didn't feel like magic um, empowered me necessarily. I felt like it kind of put me into almost even tighter of a box. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Like it felt good to 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 read the to read these books and have access to this to this thing, and it felt good. But now that I really look back on it, I kind of felt very limited, um, because it was I really started to get in my head about well, what what actually causes harm? Like I don't want to hurt anybody, you know, whether intentionally or by accident. And so I I kind of shied away from doing a lot of spells. Um, I mostly just stuck to ritual, like for the Sabbaths and um, <clears throat> for the full moons and new moons and stuff like that. I mostly just stuck to that um, as a religious sort of practice. I didn't really get into a lot of spellcrafting or, or witchcraft because of that, and I was like, I just I don't want to I don't want to cause problems in mm. the uh, in the in the universe. I don't want to cause any ripples or waves. <laughs> Because I didn't want to break that oath that um 
that I had taken of, of doing no harm. And then I started to really think of, and then I, I had stumbled across a couple of readings, a couple of articles online um, saying, you know, well, does, does do no harm, does that include yourself? And all these articles were saying, well, yes, it includes yourself. You know, you don't want to hurt yourself, obviously. You are also important in the greater scheme of things. And so I started to think about that, and I was like, well, I think I'm hurting myself by not allowing myself to to fight back. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just kind of letting myself <clears throat> get hurt and beat down and, and kind of walked all over. And I'm really not happy about that. And and being queer in the in the sense of, you know, at the time I was I was a lesbian and not really out as trans to myself, but I, I face some backlash for that. Not as not as much as some people do or have in their mm-hmm. life, but I face some backlash for that. And, you know, it was it was a joke. Every you know, pretty much uh, my queer existence was a big joke. And and even now, a lot of people take it as a joke. You know, trans people are the butt of a lot of jokes. We see it on TV. We see, you know, we, we see it all the time. And now I feel like me really embracing this, I guess, this next level of my queerness, um, mm. my my trans identity, that is what really has bolstered me into the into the take no shit um, part of it. But I still really do try and, and strive for pacifism. I don't try to, um, like, if something crosses my way or pisses me off or I feel like someone's kind of coming at me about something, I don't immediately jump to, uh, let me grab my rusty nails and, you know, <laughs> and my my book of black arts. I don't immediately jump to that. If anything, I try and find a mundane solution before I even jump to magic in general. Um mm-hmm. And I feel like it's important to to make that distinction. But but doing no harm, I just I I strive for it. And it's like you guys were saying, like it's um it's difficult. It's difficult to to go through your life expecting not to to harm anything. And I think maybe like a reworking of that would be maybe something that the the community might look into in the future like a rewording of that and exactly what that entails um, i also think to like the reclamation of like what that actually kind of uh unfortunately i don't remember uh the uh, the exact verbiage of the original traditional wiccan read but it was much more along the lines of crowley uh do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law um, yes. It was much more along those lines, and it had nothing to do about like not practicing defensive or offensive magic of any kind. Like it didn't have anything to do with that. Um, there are many tra- uh, most traditional Wiccan circles have no problem using that kind of magic uh, should need arise, you know. And and their principles were very different. And it really it you know it did change here in the state. Um, due to kind of our toxic positivity, I mm. personally, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to insult anyone, but um, that's kind of what really did it for me, um, was like this toxic positivity starts to shame you for feeling mm-hmm. feelings, you know, and yeah, from, from somebody who came from domestic violence and, you know, uh, growing up queer and awkward and and everything else it was it was like okay i need to feel 
like I came here for more power. I need to feel stronger. I want to feel, you know, I want in some way, I want people to, I want to have a presence. I want to be respected. And I needed that for myself. And, and it took me a while, you know, um, but eventually this kind of uh, the victimhood that I lived in kind of started to change over the years. And it kind of led to me investigating magic that was, you know, you know, even like binding magic, you know, even that was like, there are many in the community who are like, binding is just like cursing. And I'm like, oh, I guess maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, I mean, it can be depending, but um I actually you know. found, I actually looked up the, the shortened version of the, of the, of where the end and harm none comes from. Mm -hmm. So this is the, 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 the actual Wiccan read is a lot longer. Um, but it goes, uh, bide the witch's read, you must, imperfect love, imperfect trust. So I still really do love the, the imperfect love, imperfect trust part of that, especially during ritual and in circle. Um, because when you're in circle with someone, when you're spellcrafting with someone and when you are, you, you know, you're, you're sharing that very intimate moment, you want to be in perfect love and perfect trust with mm -hmm. that person. I mean, you're both in a very vulnerable kind of state. So I, I'm, I still very much, especially, you know, really subscribe to that. Um, eight words of the read fulfill and it harm none do as you will so that's where the the harm none um comes from and i always when i when i was in high school and i was thinking you know and it harm none do as you do as you will i was like it's kind of just like saying like don't be a dick you know what i mean mm. like you know pretty much <laughs> you know don't don't be a dick just uh for for no reason I just wanted to pull that up yeah. just so we could so we yeah. could have it on there. No, I mean origin behind yeah. that. And I wanted to say that like the whole do no harm can be so much better replaced by be compassionate. Because a lot of the toxic positivity isn't really compassionate. Often it's like pretending that staying positive is going to fix stuff and blocking out other emotions and other people's experiences. And that's horrible. It actually cuts growth off. But if you're compassionate, then you have space for other people who are going through stuff and suffering, or you have space for yourself when you need to distance yourself from people who might be uh, like coming at you, just like Jay was talking about. You can't like let yourself be subjected to harm as well. And I think compassion kind of covers all of that because it's like a universal, um, it kind of ties back to what Jay was saying in perfect love and imperfect trust that ties into compassion really. And that's kind of the root of what I think the whole saying comes from is to like be compassionate for others and really care for everyone too, but just don't anybody walk over you and don't go out of your way to walk over anybody else you know absolutely mm -hmm. um another thing because you, you you both had brought up this concept of uh toxic positivity mm -hmm. what do you mean by that like oh my elaborate. god can i please go and it's funny because we were just talk talking about this before, yeah. you know, a little, little behind the scenes here. We were just talking about it um, mm -hmm. before we started recording. But um, just for all the listeners, 
Um, I just want you to kind of elaborate. Positivity is essentially anytime something that says good vibes only or people who don't want to listen to somebody who's going through something hard because they're being negative. What it essentially is, is a massive privilege position because you're not going through something hard and you don't want to hear about it. So you expect other people's emotional states and life experiences to conform to the normality that you're experiencing. And it's an incredibly selfish thing. Uh, examples of it is some people believe that, um, and this is specifically in like certain new age cults, not saying all new ages are cults, but um, some of them certainly are. One of them, um, I know someone who's in believes that criticism is all inherently negative and there's no such thing constructive criticism which is kind of like a self-fulfilling uh toxic positivity thing because it like allows them to shirk any responsibility for hearing what their actions are doing and not truly positive if you can't hear what you're doing and how it impacts other people right so they make kind of this little sphere for them to themselves to exist in of like pretend perfect land and essentially do no shadow work and push all of that shit so far down would give Nietzsche a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> sure. If I if I can also also say as well, it also um, is notorious. Toxic toxic positivity is notorious for for, for perpetuating the stigma on mental health that uh, is rampant in in many parts of the world, but in particular, I know here in the states. Um, I don't know how it is in Canada so much as a cultural thing, but. Uh, uh, we 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 we. It forces people to um, view people with depression, and and anxiety, mm-hmm. and um, other mood disorders and things like that. It, you start to uh, blame them, or um, you know you you somehow view them as negative people, or you think that they're some kind of energy vampire. And while I believe in that, those two things are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, it really just comes down to the fact that if you're if you're treating those people as if their their sadness is their fault, and you're treating them like oh I have to get away from you because you're lowering my vibe, you are very privileged, um, and and it's very ignorant, and I, it's rude, mm-hmm. it really is. How on the flip side though, so <clears throat> how much of it is kind of like. So I don't want to be the person that's like, oh, you know, good vibes only. But I've, I find this a lot on my social media, right? So I, t- I, have, I have a bit of an issue with um, queer people or more so, I think I, more so trans people. But other trans people who just cannot find the positives in their transition and it really brings me down. So there was a there was a person I had on Facebook, for example, like I would post something like, oh, like, oh, I see myself growing more facial hair or, you know, my, my voice is deepening and I think that's really cool. Or I would post mm-hmm. something like that and this person would just chime in with like, yeah, but society will never see you as real or, you know what I mean? And just stuff like that. And, and they themselves were also trans. And I was like, this is like really like a huge downer. Like everything that I post, like you're just reminding me that like, I'm, I don't know, 
not real you know <laughs> like like you're just like like reiterating this fact that I'm mm-hmm. not like a real a real person and it's really it's really bringing me down it's really bothering me so I'm I mean some people can be shitty um that's for sure especially if they like attack you personally and there's like uh, some people often are just like talking about themselves in like a really depressed way I think it's important to give people space to grieve like and have pain you know because what else can you do I mean we're not walking in their shoes and I really don't know how much it would hurt them for what they're experiencing so I try to just um give myself that space and know that I don't understand right but if they're coming at you personally definitely just like I I would just remove them without necessarily being confrontational because it's not like you deserve to have someone undermine you personally but at the same time like they're just doing that because they're suffering right yeah and like in a way like (laughs) I, I like I tried to reach out and and like offer some I don't know, like, some sort of, like, uplifting kind of thing, like, hey, you know, like, I get it, but, like, you're doing really well, like, you're doing good yeah. for what's what you're going through, and it was just met with, like, so much just, you know, just, uh, just backlash, and it was just really upsetting, especially, like, from another trans person to, to experience mm-hmm. that, but, um, I, and then I kind of, like, I did end up removing them, because it just, it just wouldn't stop, um, no matter what I did, it, so uh, I it was an argument that, uh, that she got into with me and you. Not an argument. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, it was just after that whole thing. I was just like, this is just isn't worth, you know, my energy. And then I kind of like sat back and I was like, oh my god, am I am I like one of these, uh, you know, good vibes only kind of people? Mm-hmm. But I think it was more about like my own self preservation as opposed to you know um, being like, oh, you're you're really bringing me down. You know, like you really yeah. need to stop. Um, I'd ask you who, because I I might know, but that's a question for later. That's a question for off the podcast, that's for sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, so I guess anyone who may be thinking along the same lines as me, if you do re- remove people from your social circles um, because they're just that bad and they are really actually bringing you down, then don't don't really worry too much because. Yeah. That that's self preservation. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve abuse. See, I'm I, like like what I'm talking about is like friends who are like you know, like when friends continuously bail, I'm notorious for that. You know, because they're depressed, they're not doing it. You know, when they tell you, look, I'm not doing because I hate you. I love you guys. You know, you're my best friends, whatever. But I I, I just don't want to. You know, a lot of the time we lie. You know, which oh I don't feel good or whatever. But if you're at the point in the friendship where they're open and honest, they're like, "Look, I have, you know, I'm having an anxiety attack or whatever." Um, it's like that. That that's kind of like, okay, I love you. Like, do you need anything? You know, that would be the appropriate response. But mm-hmm. if that person is like constantly berating you, you know, right. attacking you personally, that that's becoming abusive, and that's when you want to uh, separate yourself from that situation. Yeah. Especially like me, like I I do I do come up with a lot, especially for for anything that involves going outside of my house. I am notorious for just being like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it, or I don't feel good, or whatever the case is. Really, the fact of the matter is, I just don't want to bind for one more second mm-hmm. of this day. I don't want to leave this house. Like I just I need to breathe, <laughs> literally breathe. Um, yeah. 
and some and sometimes it's and you know it's it's hard to to communicate that to people when you need your space and why you need your space um because you're just you know it's like i just can't physically do it it's just too much mm-hmm. and um, like honestly sometimes people um stay exactly the same and if you kick them out you have to really keep them out for good because i've had a few people mm-hmm. like that who keep trying to find me even though i've told them like this is like stalking and you're lucky i don't report you to the cops you know and then there's like certain people who like i stopped talking to for various reasons who like when I talked to, it was really good, you know, and then we kind of like reconnected. I've had that happen too. Like people change and grow and sometimes someone's in like a really bad place. Like um, one of my very dear friends was having one of their parents pass away and they were just distraught for like two years sort of thing. And she kind of needed to give them space while they dealt with stuff, you know? Absolutely. Things just so- go that way. I want to get into now that we've kind of covered um, what we're really talking about when we're when we're talking about do no harm but take no shit. You know what I mean? So it's it's don't don't set out to intentionally hurt people, but you also don't deserve abuse. Is mm-hmm. essentially what we're saying. So how do we deal with that? What sort of things do we do to deal with that? How do we do no harm and yet take no shit and stand up for ourselves in a magic perspective? Oh. I was going to say I'd talk to them first and, like, set reasonable yes. healthy boundaries and stuff. But if someone's, like, fucking with me and I need magic, well, that's a different story. Right. So let's let's get into that part because that's why people listen to the podcast, honestly. Mm-hmm. They want the juicy They want the juicy stuff. So let's give the juicy stuff. So, yeah, I was going to say, who wants to go first with uh, what they – what they usually do in these sorts of situations. Um, I'll give I'll give mine, considering it's it's uh, pretty simple. Um, so it's a bit of not magic, uh, and it, it follows the um the typical um format for not magic. You know, you nine nine knots is generally typical. Um, you start one end is one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine. Right. Um, what you do is you get nine slips of paper and you write out the person's name. Um, obviously, while like you know, you can be uh, saying something, you can be um, coming up with your own statement of intentions, etc., or just kind of imagining as you're writing it. Imagine the words as rope tying around the person. And uh, you can write other things, like other markers, if you know their birth date, their astrological signs, um, uh, their full name, whatever. Um, and what you do is every time you tie a knot, you know, by knot of one, the spells be gone. And you tie it taut, and you visualize them tie, like tied tighter and tighter and tighter as you do it, um, basically creating this really potent nine, nine times bound uh, binding spell. Um, and the cool thing is with this spell, I've actually used it in conjunction, like, with people who, like, were actually kind of, I felt, like, nervous that they might jump me or harm me in high school. Um, I actually also uh, combined it with the, uh, you know, when you put them on ice, you put it in, like, a freezable container and you put it in the back of the freezer um, and you freeze them up. Uh, I put the rope in the, uh, that, I put that in some a freezable container, I put it in the back of my freezer and... That works excellently. I didn't know uh, that one. Mm-hmm. 
that was this is a pretty good one. And of course, you could just do the ice one too, which is just pretty much the same thing. You get a slip of paper, you um, you write their name, any identifying information, or if you have like a tag lock of them, hair, nails, you know, whatever. Um, and then you could write maybe like a statement of intention or an invocation or incantation on the other side if you wish, and you throw it in some water and. You say that so casually. I love it. You're like, you know, if you have like a lock of their hair or like some nails, you know, as one does, you know, just have. Well, generally of, most don't. <laughs> bits of fine. pieces of their. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's true though. Um, I always think of um, I always think of this one episode from um, New World Witchery. I almost said Down the Crossroads. Wrong podcast. Uh, <laughs> New World Witchery. When Corey was talking about like how when he's in people's bathrooms and like people leave their hairbrushes out, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> Just like yeah. little little pits of hair, little, or little like, things. Or like when a friend stays over at your house and uses your tub and there's like a piece of their hair in there and it's like you know I should teach you some fucking magical hygiene <laughs> because holy crap. The worst part is, is like I think that's like. Even for, like, ethical witches, I think that's, like, an intrusive thought for every, even ethical, like, mm-hmm. we, we go into our friends, like, you know, their friends yeah. say over their family hair, you know, their hairbrush or whatever, we're like, I could, but I'm not going to, because it's not what I want, you know what I mean? Like, but I could. <laughs> yep, I, 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 I could make witch bottles or hexes for a great deal of many people whose hair I have access to. <laughs> Maybe we should do a whole episode on uh, magical hygiene. Cleaning uh, up yeah. after yourself. We'll tie it into emotional hygiene as well. Yes, Ooh. and then also like personal hygiene because wow, some people just need to get it together. But <laughs> deodorant doesn't hurt. I know that that some people are scent sensitive, but there's scent sensitive deodorants out there. We can all we can all find a healthy medium ground here. <laughs> That's like um, every convention I go to. It's oh like, my oh. god people come on or like when um, you ride the the bus home right after uh, uh quitting time and it's like there's a bunch of construction dudes on there mm-hmm. yep um Please. i'll segue into my spell though for a little magical retribution yeah so, um <clears throat> i've fucked up curses before i'm not gonna lie sometimes you you get a little edgy or not edgy antsy and you're like yeah i'm gonna this person's definitely fucking with me i'm gonna like get them you know and you get them Turns out they weren't. What did I just do to this person? So, like, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I talked about that earlier. Even with the do no harm, you could be intending to do no harm to somebody and do harm to somebody. Same thing doubly applies to when you're doing any type of magical curse working. Like, if you fuck somebody's world, how do you know you're not going to hit, like, people who live close to them, right? How do you? know it's not going to affect like their kid or their dog right so i very much do very specific curses now and my favorite is the mirror curse which is essentially to reflect somebody's intent directly back at them and as well as their um the reaction of their intent because they can intend to do something harmless and it could still hurt people and then they'd get the reaction back on them themselves if that's what happened but basically a mirror spell you have a small pocket mirror about yay big maybe three by three inches or any of size really and the goal is to imbue the likeness of the person you want to hex onto the mirror you can do this a number of ways you can take a picture of them and affix it to the mirror face towards the mirror so that it catches 
versus the reflection. You could make a sigil for the person if you are good with sigil craft. If you want to just write the person's name on the mirror, you can do that too. And it's good if you have any personal effects or items of the person that you can include. One person they gave this spell to used their ex's running shoes who had been abusive to them. And I instructed this person to take those shoes, take them in the woods, nail them to the tree to a tree uh, with um, with rusted iron nails or rusted nails it's hard to find iron nails and uh, ideally a poisonous tree if they could find one and then toss the broken mirror shards because what you do is you break the mirror to imbue it with the likeness of the person toss it into their ex's shoes and leave it there and it worked wonders for them so it's basically a flexible spell the whole point of it is to imbue the likeness on the mirror and smash it and then leave it somewhere um some if you're feeling really edgy you can leave it near where the person will find it just please don't include like the torn of them from like breaking the mirror with it tied up because that could be construed as a threat but if they just found like a, a mirror with like sigil on it and it had been broken and they were to like go through it that'd be extremely effective way to do it and what it does is it just sends back what they put out on them and they didn't actually do any harm You've done no harm to them, you know? So it kind of really cuts down on the crossfire. That's so a whole question. Cursing. Yeah. So a question that I would have with that is, is breaking the mirror. So I guess you uh, don't believe in the superstition of seven years bad luck if you break a mirror? So my understanding of where that superstition comes from, I have not researched this, but this is just what I understood it as because I work with mirrors a lot, magically speaking. <laughs> is it's that when your likeness is on a mirror and it breaks, it's shattering an image of you, and that's why it's unlucky, because you've destroyed a visage of yourself. It's similar to how puppets work, where if you create a visage of someone and you, you destroy it or you impale it, it has that effect for that person. You're essentially doing the same thing, but doing it with their energies back at themselves. And no, I'm not that superstitious about the seven years bad luck, because bad luck tends to to not apply to me for some reason. I don't know. I've, I've had, I'm like the person people get to handle cursed objects and they're like, this thing fucked me up and I'm picking up. I'm like, oh yeah, she's a doozy, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, I guess that's just me speaking though. So, yeah. It's actually funny. I found a, um, a spell, particularly from, Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's um, Slavic Witchcraft by Natasha Halvin. There you go. Uh, she actually has a spell in here for uh, if you are someone who believes in the... Uh, I love your... Um, by the way, Sophie, I absolutely adore your perspective on that. Um, and she has a spell to, to undo that. Um, mm -hmm. If that's something you fear you are afflicted by. That's pretty cool. But anyway, sorry. Just a little... Yeah. Okay. No, what, what did it, you um what did you find in the book about that you were saying oh <laughs> i don't even know where it is unfortunately oh i thought you um, had it like like uh earmarked or something i was reading it last night it's just so weird that we're talking about it now because i was really interested in it and i was trying to get uh darian my boyfriend to be interested in it too but he was like watching family guy i think <laughs> <laughs> as one does he was like that's nice man. <laughs> i was like it's so much more interesting. <laughs> uh, that's the You're like, nerd out with magic with me. 
I know. I know. I know. Uh, get rid of get rid of all evil. Remove a curse from a child. Mail Whoa. Get yeah, rid of all evil. Direct that at the White House. Ooh. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> and the rich. Just Sam. Eat the rich. I mean, <clears throat> I'd rather I I'd rather not eat them. This is true. Then you're kind of just like taking all of that nastiness inside yourself, and that's just ugh. no one needs that in their life. <laughs> Don't need that kind of negativity. I'll, um, Good vibes what I will, only. <laughs> what I will do, I will find that spell uh, for everyone if you're interested in it, and I will post it on um, a social media. Yeah, um, actually, all of the spells that we're talking about here, we'll, we'll post on, on social media. I'm actually taking notes this episode, so I can actually we can actually have, like, good show notes this time, because of my new setup now. I have, like, my phone recording me here, and then my laptop is down here. So I just feel, I feel so professional right now. I just feel really good. But I didn't get into the spells that I usually do um, for this kind of thing. So <clears throat> I love Sophia's idea of the mirror spell. Um, I don't really work with mirrors that much, um, mostly I because think. I don't like them. I don't like to look at myself in them. So if I catch my reflection, it really skews me out. So I don't really work with mirrors. I do, however, really love to work. I like to make charms and I like to make powders and I like to use natural objects that I find, um, I'm really good at coming across things, you know, just in my walks to and from work or wherever the hell I'm going. I'm really good at just kind of stumbling upon things. So um, one of the things I really like and that I really like what I came up with, I really like the way I do my hot foot powder. Um, yeah. It was actually the, fir- the first batch of it I ever made myself, and I just I was really pleased with, um, with how it turned out. Um, half a powder, if, if anyone's, you know, not familiar with it. So basically the idea of it, it's, it's, I wouldn't necessarily call it a spell. It's more of like, um, a charm or a component that you make, maybe even a potion if you want to liken it to something like that. Um, you, it can be incorporated in spells, in magic, in ritual, um, But essentially, it's um, it's a lot of spicy things. Everyone's hot foot powder recipe is just a little bit different from each other. But the the idea behind it is you put a lot of hot things in it, a lot of spicy things, and usually sulfur, something really like um, baneful, you know, yeah, and stinky, and to really like push them away. Um, and what you do is you're supposed to sprinkle it in their footsteps. Uh, I guess that that's easier said than do- it's easier said than done. Like if you live in like a rural area and you can actually literally see their footstep, but um, the idea is like uh, like if you work in an office or something like that, like around their desk, you know, somewhere where this person frequents or their path that they normally walk. They um, have a chair. Oh, they have a chair. Exactly. Um, okay. I actually made a batch for someone. Um. Joyce and <laughs> it worked for them. It worked for them and what they and what they needed to accomplish. So um, I was really happy about that. They had a coworker that was just really giving them some uh, some grief, and um, yeah, it worked. It 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 definitely worked. And um, so I I kind of like to do stuff like that. 
I also like, um, <clears throat> I like the idea of not so much, uh, I like the idea of honey jars too, of the idea of maybe instead of, uh, fighting back or, you know, launching something at them or reflecting something back at them, sweeten maybe them kind of take a different approach to it and sweeten them up. Yep. Um, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes that's just all you need is just a little, or just a way to facilitate conversation. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I came across that I'm still kind of, I'm still researching the folklore on it, <clears throat> and I kind of want to get more, and I don't know where I put it just now. I came across this in my travels. Um, for those who are audio only, it looks like a big brown ball with spikes on it. And what I actually looked up, it is actually a horse chestnut. Um, so it's in this spiky shell. Uh, and then I could crack it open. And then there's a, there's a chestnut inside of it. I'll shake it a bit. I don't know if you can hear the, the nut jingling around in there. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of, and so horse chestnuts are actually toxic. You can't eat them. Um, only the, I was looking up the chestnuts that are totally round in shape, like the horse chestnut, you can't eat. They're, they're toxic to you. Um, <clears throat> and so it's the ones with like the, the point at the end that are kind of tapered. You can eat those. Those are the chestnuts that you can eat. So I actually found this quite interesting, um, that it's this, self so i was also th i was thinking about how one it's spiky right so like it's if i i can't i wouldn't really like grip this like really tightly because it hurts you know because of all the spines on it um but the fact that you can hear the um the toxic you know the toxic the the nut inside of it that you can't eat um you can hear that rattling around so like or almost like a rattle in a way of like shaking of shaking that energy away from you i was just kind of like toying with that idea um <clears throat> or the idea of maybe like uh taking this and just crushing it into a powder and then you have this horse chestnut powder um to have on hand i have an idea of cracking it slightly open mm -hmm. sliding in a piece of paper with your enemy's name on it and then gluing it shut again and shaking That's it every time you need too. to uh put a little juice on it out. Yeah, the cool that's thing a good is, idea. On the flip side of that, I was also thinking breaking it open a little bit. And instead of like, because there are like a lot of things in which you agitate your enemy like that, mm -hmm. that's sympathetic magic. Um, but on the flip side, what you could also do, do the same thing, but with a statement of protection for yourself. And mm -hmm. in turn, that, that, that becomes a little protective ball that they can't, they can't squeeze too tightly, as you said yourself. You know, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. You know, it, it really has, um, it really has a double meaning. And this is the sort. This is, I guess, this is sort of an, an insight into the type of witchcraft that I practice. Is my witchcraft is very localized, so I really try to work with the things that I find. And you know, for anyone that's in a rural area, is probably like, yeah, okay, big shit, you found a horse chestnut. I mean, like, okay, <laughs> fine. But for me, being an urban witch and and finding these little gems, like these are something like this is just it's mm -hmm. it's almost better than anything I could find in an occult shop because I can't find these in an occult shop. I yeah. have to walk around my neighborhood and find these. And when I was looking, is all of them are cracked open, 
you know, like the squirrels get to them and they crack them open and stuff like that. So to find one completely intact, I was just really, I was really happy about it. I was really happy that I found that. Um, Same goes for acorns. Uh, drop around here, and it's really rare to find ones that are intact. But they also have powerful symbolism, which I don't know. I'll look up. I know it has to do a little bit of druidry, but yeah. Always the type, like, when if I see fallen branches on the ground, I'm always going over to them and being like, hmm, can I bring this one home? You know, <laughs> things things that I've done in my childhood of me, like, trying to sneak, like, sticks and rocks into my room really have not left me, even even as an adult. That's for damn sure. Um, but, yeah, I think the – I don't know if anyone has any, any ideas about what to do with this horse chestnut. I am – I am all ears, but yeah, I've been writing down some ideas in my uh, in my grimoire, um, <clears throat> and that's been fun. That's been fun. I I really like to create my own spells more so than finding them in books. Mm-hmm. Even though right now I'm really on a spell book kick um, because I have so many theory books that mm-hmm. now I just I kind of just want just books of spells that I can reference and pull ideas from and inspiration. Cause that's what I mean. Scott write a lot of rituals as we, or, or even spells, you know, we, we pull from these sources and then we create our own thing. I will say though, and uh, not to be too off topic, but I have started to learn to trust other witches more with their mm-hmm. magic that they do give. Um, like there's a few spells from Chris and Tara's book. Uh, Chris Rapello and uh, Tyler of McGuire's book, um, Peace and Thang and Sword. Sword. Yeah. Um, there's a few there. And then also uh, Devin Hunter, he recently posted a video on his uh, YouTube channel in which he gave this very simplistic protection spell in which you have to get um, a whole uh, devil shoestring root and a black um, cord or ribbon and he gave like this protective song and you sing the magic into the charm and you kind of twist the ribbon, twist the ribbon and you kind of like twist it in like on itself like that. And you really wrap the, um, the, the root in this black ribbon and that becomes a really powerful protective charm. And I thought that was absolutely beautiful. And I loved his idea of like singing to the root. I love, you know, uh, sound and movement and singing and I, I'm just like trying and I, I don't have a singing voice whatsoever but um I think for ritual purposes I would love to just do that you know to start just feeling that ecstatic um feeling you know from that kind of magic but I'm sorry to go off on we always seem to kind of go back to that because yeah you know it's actually um the singing part of like ecstatic ritual that I feel kind of disconnected from right now because my voice is so different from how it was a couple months ago yeah you can definitely (laughs) and because like because singing is very much muscle memory so you feel like you can make those noises and you feel like you can make those sounds and hit those pitches but you actually can't and what actually comes out of your mouth just sounds like something from the like the pits of hell and you're like what is happening right now um yeah but i i 
that that's incredibly way off topic <laughs> but yeah i was just thinking about that because i used to incorporate a lot of singing and chanting into my spells and rituals and now i've i've kind of taken a little bit more of a silent approach or maybe just using more like instruments like rattles drums stuff like that just yeah. because i don't really know what the hell's going on with my own vocal cords right now but you did have me thinking of one other thing that i like to do is I have access to a lot of snake skin <laughs> because oh, yeah. Joyce has um, snakes, one of which is a boa constrictor, which I can't think of a better snake for a binding spell. That's literally what they do. They bind and constrict. That's that's what it is. Um, and what also helps is she's she's a big, powerful snake. Like she's big, so it's very big, thick snake skin. Um, that's another thing I like to do. So, snake skin can be used in a, in a in a number of ways. You can grind it up into a powder. You can add it into things. Um, you can you know take like a something symbolizing the person or a picture of them and wrap uh, wrap them in the in the snake skin. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do, but if you have access to it, it's it's definitely an incredibly powerful, powerful, powerful thing. If you have any friends that have snakes, it's like one of the one of the first questions I asked Joyce before we even started dating. Like we were just cleaning out the snake cage. I was like, "What, what do you do with the snake skins when you're <laughs> when you know like after?" That? And they're like. Oh, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, just like get rid of them or whatever. And I'm like, can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and usually they're more than happy to be like, yeah, sure. Like I was just gonna get rid of it anyway. So like, what does it matter? You know. Um. But yeah. So ask your ask your reptile friends. You know, you don't always have to. You don't always have to go out and buy. You know, like this little jar of like, and because sometimes they really like upcharge you like crazy mm -hmm. in the stores. This little vial of like snake skin, and they're like saying it's like fucking like thirty dollars, and I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? No, no just for a bella constrictor, you know. They gave me like a piece that big for like three bucks. Yeah, so I mean, some like, shops are just. You know, yeah. or rip off, you know. So, um, yeah. Or just ask me. I could probably ship you some for way mm -hmm. cheaper than what, <laughs> what you would find. Also, an idea I had while you were talking about this, I'm like, you know, if you if you feed your boa constrictor live uh, animals like mice, you could name some of the mice that you're feeding the constrictor after your enemies. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, generally feeding live isn't the way to go, but yeah, you could, um, mm -hmm. you know, like with uh, like frozen or whatever, you could, um. Or you could, you know, put a little juju into whatever it is. Yeah. And, yeah. You could totally baptize the mouse and name it something. Uh -huh. That's totally doable. That's a good idea. We <laughs> <laughs> need a spellcrafting episode because we need to talk about the principles of why spellcrafting and associative magic works and, like, how you can apply it. Because, like, that, ma that mirror spell nobody taught me yet. Uh, I kind of came up with it on my own, you know? Mm -hmm. Actually, that's a good point. I, I I think I would really like to do that for the next episode. Now that we we're kind of talking about, we haven't really talked too much about spells and the things that we do. So I think that would actually be a really good idea to get into in the next episode is, mm -hmm. is spell crafting. You know how we do it. Where do the associations come from? Um, 
even just like even uh, writing ritual too, because me and Scott, we've we've had a lot of experience with with writing ritual. <clears throat> to be a bit of a bigger episode too, because there's a lot to say on that subject, and it's a really good topic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But if if I can, uh, just to kind of not to you know whatever bring I guess bring us back on topic, I do want to address our viewers kind of directly and just say if you have noticed, um, in this episode we haven't given any um, attack magic or any sort of offensive magic. And I, I personally, I don't want to speak for my friends, but for me, in some way, I'm glad that we didn't. Um, I think that not that we would be unwilling to help you should your situation call for that. Obviously, if you are going through something and you feel like you need to have retribution or, you know, if you feel like your only recourse is to use that kind of magic and you need some help, um, one of us or all of us would be more than happy to help. But um, I also think, too, instead of freely giving magic like that, just because of how we respect the art of magic, and to us, it's kind of like putting a loaded gun into the hands of a child. Um, I think, and not saying that you were all children, but we don't know you, you know, we don't know, and we'd rather not you in danger we'd rather not put your environment and things like that in danger or, or you know whatever so I, you know i think it's really great that we chose to kind of give mm-hmm. binding magic and you know reflective kind of, magic uh, or reflective magic instead of like a full-on like you know uh curse yeah <clears throat> i also feel like um so few situations actually call for a curse you know, like I've had people who fucking wronged me and I had a person, they will not be named. I had a vial of their hair and I threw it out in the end because most of the time when I really get to that point where I'm thinking about it, I usually go, that ain't worth it. I maybe cursed one or two people legit in my life. One of which is, you know, Trump, not gonna lie, cursed the fucker. <laughs> You know, but um, I think we need to do more of that. Just saying. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like the other person really had it coming, and it was very light, and it was just to like assert my space, and it worked, and they left, and that was it. And even that, it wasn't to like mess their life up, you know. Never like thrown something like that at someone, because like I'm gonna give a word of caution too. If you're not like practiced with magic, anytime you do something, it can kind of ripple into your own world a little bit. And if you really pull some heavy dark spell that you cast on somebody and they're not necessarily deserving of it, or even if they are, it can really come back on you in ways. And you'd be surprised when you see it. Which yeah, is why which is funny because Yeah, certain spells I was just gonna say there's a blast radius. And if you're not careful, you can definitely be in the blast radius. Yeah. Which is why, what, I'm sorry. Which is why for practitioners, when uh, for those of us that do do magic like that, um, we know how to stave that off when you're within the blast radius. You kind of we know how to put on um, one of those big fluffy suits that they wear when they're the bomb squad. You know, we know how to do that and protect ourselves. Um, but if you're not exactly sure how that all works, it's best not to do it. Um, also, if I also may say this as well, even though I, I, um, I would never judge someone for doing it, if you truly believe it really called for it, um, you know, whatever your situation is, if it truly has affected you in that way and you need that retribution, 
and, and, and you've done a reading and the spirits find it justified, then I'm, I'm all for it. But I also do want to say it doesn't feel good. It's not like other forms of magic. You actually feel like shit afterwards. Like the amount of, of, of raw that you have to feel to launch. It drains you. It, it, it's draining. Many times you can get sick after doing it. Um, you just feel, you know, you feel low, you feel whatever. And that's even if the other person, it's just that kind of magic takes a toll on us. You know, it actually, there's there's kind of like a pop culture, I guess, reference that I can kind of like give a visual to people for this. Like, um, I'm thinking Star Wars, right? When, uh, I think it was episode three, one of the, the newer, like the newer trilogy, the prequel trilogy, when we find out who Darth Sidious is, like we find out that he's actually evil and he's using the force lightning. And he keeps using it, and he keeps drawing that that rage, you know, that anger, and it disfigures him, and he's weak mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, that that's kind of like what it is. Like, no, you're not gonna look like some wizened old hag from cooking up a curse, but that that feeling is very much the same. You feel very yeah. drained afterwards. Um, like when when we worked that that binding ritual or. I shouldn't say ritual, but it was a binding curse. I guess you could say it was a binding, it was like part curse, right. and part binding. That's what I was saying. It can, bindings can be, depends, but yeah, that. Was. Yeah, so it was a. I would say it was like a binding curse, um, because it was very much a binding, but it was also very much a curse at the same time. Like it, it was, we felt very justified in the way we did it. We we org, you know, we we researched, we organized, we we had it all planned out of what we wanted to do. Um, but we were, we were tired afterwards. We did not feel great. You know, we, we sat around, we had a little bit of, um, cause usually after like ritual or spell work, you know, um, we'll often like sit around, have a little bit of food, laugh, drink, you know, whatever. But this was just like, I need to drink something. I need to eat something. Like I feel famished after, yeah. after the work that we did. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's definitely important if you do start working, that kind of stuff take care of yourself physically afterwards um i don't know if we'll ever get into the specifics of that kind of magic on this podcast um i don't maybe maybe more in terms of an after dark aspect maybe in terms of like a live stream after dark kind of thing I even feel like if people really want that knowledge, it's out there. There's tons of hex working knowledge out there to the point yeah. of like recklessness. Like I, one of you was talking about buying a book from like um, a Halloween shop that had like legit hardcore curses that you would just not hand to somebody, but it was in it. And um, it's kind of like a loaded gun in a way, like you'd said that before and that information's out there. And even if we don't necessarily supply it to people that, there's no shortage of it, right? True. But we don't want to be gatekeeping in any way. So if you do oh, want to true. know, if you do want knowledge and information, if you do want us to do an episode on this, I mean, I'm sure that we could yeah. find a way to, to present it in a way that's, you know, factual and logical and, you know, no one gets hurt in the process. Um, but let's kind of bring this back. This is now, now we're getting into that, that like that next <laughs> level of like curses and, you know, like, 
mm-hmm. the do no harm but take no shit kind of thing really starts to kind of go out the window slightly at that point, you know? Uh, yeah. I guess. It depends it, on, it depends on what you're doing. It depends on what you're doing because like I've you're... never... Yeah, I've never been to the point where I've like I wanted to, I want to like physically maim someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I I may have gotten there like in a moment of rage, but I've never. I think if you're at a point where like everyone gets hot, you know what I mean? Like everyone gets pissed off about something, they get all riled up, and it just comes to a point, and you're like ah. But if you can sustain that for days weeks months then then they probably fucking deserve it honestly because mm. you've sustained that rage this entire time but me i burn hot and fast and once and then i'm like okay look i'm over it like i'm it's not that it's not that deep anymore um but yeah so if you can if you find yourself sustaining that deep seated rage and anger for a an extended period of time then you're probably in the realm of you've kind of maybe surpassed the mirror spells and binding spells and stuff like that it's actually funny that you say that because i do have a story in which uh i held on to rage for a really long time um i can't which sounds crazy because you say this in such like a like a like a blast kind of way you know what i mean I you're just mean, like i was very rageful for a very long time <laughs> well it was over a particular situation that i i mean i have to be careful what i say here um one it's not necessarily my story but it affects me in a pretty big way to make a long story short uh things happened stuff occurred and um these people uh, murdered my dog. Uh, yeah. Um, and they, they fed her antifreeze. And I knew somewhat about this person. And I had prepared a curse to level his family. I was going to make his daughter barren. I was going to kill the little son. with going to... Uh, make the wife go insane. I was going to throw him in jail so that way he could watch his whole family waste away and do nothing about it. And I was going to to make sure this curse was a generational curse and I was going to destroy his family line. Um, and I wanted it so bad. I, I wanted it more than anything. And I never would have, I would never, in my, you know, like even in the beginning of studying curse work, I never would have dreamt of such a thing. But he did something to me that was so, to me at the time, and I was younger, a little bit younger, um, so heinous. Um, And I carried it for weeks. And I was, like, preparing, because I had to get stuff, right? Like, you don't just, you know, there were certain things that I wanted to use. and like Yeah, you don't just go into the kitchen cabinet and cook up something like that. Yeah. And, um... Something happens where all of a sudden, in the middle of prepping this generational bomb of a hex, I was like, she wouldn't want me to do that. You know, I know as cheesy as that sounds, she's a dog, but mm-hmm. she was always very protective of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
she always kind of had this uh, emotional support dog kind of vibe about her. She knew when I was upset. She knew when I was anxious. You know, like, I just felt like in that way, she wouldn't want me to, you know? So it stopped me, actually. That feeling of, you know, compassion, I guess. Did you end up doing any kind of curse mark? I let it go. I figured it like this. I said, you know what? I said, um, I, I, I guess maybe. I, I guess what it was was, you know, may he get what he's done. You know, like, may he reap what he sows, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was more just like a statement, you know? But other than that, you know, I let it go. This is, hmm. I guess, it's like a cautionary tale or whatever that was really intense yeah i was waiting I for hope- you to be like and then i dropped that motherfucker of a curse and i fucking <laughs> i was I ready for it i'm like i don't i can't condone cursing people around somebody for what someone did you i know? know i know that's that's you know thankfully also my mother uh, she was, you know, she was like, they didn't do anything, you know, but I was like, yeah, but neither did the dog, you know, she was my family, you know, and, and my idea was as bad as them. Right, right. You know, so it was like, I, as good as it may have felt for a time, it wouldn't have felt good, especially with who I am. You know what I mean? I think if you had followed through with that, you would be a lot different now yeah i agree i think doing something of that level would have changed you you. changed you yeah yeah it would have changed you to be a totally different person than you are now that ties into what i was saying about when you do a curse on someone and you bring it into your own world right that that would have absolutely changed who scott ended up being Mm -hmm. i'm glad i didn't actually i'm really glad that i i let that I mean, I'd fucking be pissed if you did. I would, like, I'd go at you. I'd be like, oh, you cursing somebody who had nothing to do with that shit? It's go to... This particular discussion has been really eye-opening into, one, our personal crafts, but really coming down to what we're really getting at here. Um, this do no harm, but take no shit. You know, it's way more than just a witch meme. It... It really is kind of something that I live by now. Um, I'm sure there are more fancy ways of saying it, but who needs that? (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, who needs that? You know, I I honestly, I want this on a T-shirt. I might want it as a tattoo. I have no idea. But merchandise. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, what we're really getting at here is. Especially here, all the three of us in how we are and how we practice our how we practice our craft is we do not set out to do harm. We don't set out to hurt people, even if we are crafting a hex or a curse or a a reflection or a binding or whatever it may be. We're not setting out to intentionally cause harm, but At the same time, what we are setting out to do is to not be stepped on, not be bullied, not be taken advantage of. We're not taking it. 
So it's this idea that you have to pick and choose your battles yeah. very carefully and very wisely. And make sure that if you are slinging something that is a little heavier or a little darker or whatever the case is, make sure that you know for sure that that person is the one who is the source of the problem. Because it will come back to you and it will hurt and it will fuck you up. Like there's no doubt about it. It will it will happen. Um, so I guess this is sort of like a, a cautionary tale episode of find power in your in your craft. Be empowered by it, but also do, be empowered by it. Don't shy away from it, but be smart about it. Yeah. If I can also say too. As I think we said, um, I don't, uh, yeah, in our last episode, um, first and foremost, the practice of magic is about self-mastery. It isn't even about being able to curse or anything like that. I mean, magic is wonderful, and magic, you know, it, it's, it's basically, you know, miracle working, right? Um, but it really is about you becoming the best you that you can be. Um, and and it's you know and and that's what you should focus on is what I'm trying to say. Agreed. Absolutely. So I think that kind of concludes our our discussion on this. Um, please share with us all the do no harm but take no shit memes because we love them all dearly. Um, <laughs> actually, I'd love to do a witch meme episode. I think that would be a lot of fun. Mm. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I would love to do a witch meme episode. Um, but for now, please uh, interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Those are the big three that we're on. We're kind of discontinuing the Tumblr because we're working on a website. Um, we're putting it all together. We're going to have some blog posts. Uh, I'm also thinking about uh, re-uploading this stuff to SoundCloud as well. I know I was originally in the beginning, um, but just having a presence on SoundCloud, it couldn't hurt. You know, mm-hmm. and plus, because I was just I was seeing some website integrations with SoundCloud, and I was like, hmm, that seems kind of cool. So, um, so yeah, we might be on SoundCloud too if you're if you're a if you're a SoundCloud kind of person. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on YouTube and um, Spotify and Google Music for the for the podcast. Um, and keep keep your eyes peeled for the website. We'll be teasing that on social media. We'll be, you know, making updates and stuff like that. We'll have longer blog posts. And um, we're just going to kind of um, work off of a, of a donation-type model as opposed to a subscription-based model like with Patreon or something like that. So if you like the content, you know, you drop a little donation and we say thank you and appreciate everything that you're doing to help us run this podcast. Um, but for now... We're going to go. I'm going to work on editing so I can stay ahead of myself. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.